Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. Hi, this is Nadine Dietz, host of CMO Moves. I just wanted to take a quick moment to say thanks so much for stopping by today and to give you a quick overview on what to expect. CMO Moves is all about game-changing leaders, their incredible journeys, the moves that they've made, and most importantly, their personal stories of how they got to be the leaders of some of the world's most exciting brands. I hope you'll enjoy their stories as much as I do and take away a few tips and some inspiration for your day. Enjoy the show. Hello, and welcome to CMO Moves. Today, I have Kellen Smith-Kenny with me, who is the CMO of Hilton. Kellen, hi, and welcome to the show. Hi, thanks so much for having me, Nadine. Thank you so much for joining me. I've been very, very excited to have this day with you so we could share all the cool things that you're working on at Hilton and some of the cool things that you've discovered in your journey as you moved from one location to another and now are the CMO. Why don't we start first with you sharing a little bit about this role that you took on and why Hilton? So I currently look over global marketing at Hilton And Hilton is actually comprised of 15 different trading brands. We have nearly 900,000 rooms, and we operate in over 100 countries all around the globe. So it is a busy job that has me jumping out of bed every morning with a ton of pep in my step. (laughs) The team that I work with is just so remarkable. Of course, I have marketing strategists that look over our enterprise marketing, our brand marketing, and our regional marketing. And they, of course, work in very close concert with marketing operations, content, creative, media, social, and marketing performance. The other group of folks that sit on my leadership team hail from other organizations, but represent an incredibly important part of what we consider the marketing crew here at Hilton. And that's, of course, marketing legal, marketing finance, data and analytics, communications, and human resource. All of those folks are incredibly instrumental in making sure that we build out world-class marketing for Hilton. And then when you talked about, you know, why Hilton? Why did I come here? What inspired me to make the move? I would say there were really three big factors. The first is that Hilton is so fundamentally focused on the customer. We are guest obsessed here at Hilton and Even though we have 400,000 team members, the one thing that every last one of us shares when we get out of bed in the morning is we want to make sure that the folks who visit our properties have an amazing experience from top to tail. The second real factor that I talk about is culture. One of the things that I have been so surprised by and frankly so excited by is just how pioneering this company is. Conrad Hilton founded Hilton almost 100 years ago, and he really is the founding father of modern-day hospitality. He was the first person to put 
TV in hotel rooms. He was the first person to put air conditioning in hotel rooms. He invented the first airport hotel, the first mini bar, room service. And then there's a bunch of fun stuff that we did, like the martini and the pina colada and the brownie. <laughs> and, and then, you know, there was so much cool tech innovation too that he helped. And then obviously the subsequent CEOs helped pioneer around the centralized booking system. Today, we have thousands of hotels all around the world where you can skip the line when you check in and go straight to your door and access it with a digital key on your phone. You can select your room in advance. And it's that pioneering spirit married together with just how collaborative the culture here at Hilton is that feels so special. And then the final reason, and I love talking about this one, is the category in and of itself. The hospitality category, true to its name, is incredibly inviting and also very dynamic, right? Tons of new entrants, tons of disruptors, tons of different platform opportunities with online travel sites that we partner up with. And frankly, you know, when categories are fiercely competitive, it forces companies to innovate in service of their customer. And I'm super, super inspired by that dynamic. I really like the way you talked about pioneering spirit because that's sort of you in a nutshell. If I look, I mean, really, I mean, if I look back at your, your career and you just came over from Uber, is that right? Absolutely. That's right. Let's talk a little bit about what you were doing at Uber and then how you sort of connected those two worlds to, to take on Hilton. Yeah. So the role at Uber was again, so extraordinary, such a unique opportunity to help build marketing from the ground up. When I joined we had somewhere between 30 and 50 folks. And then 20 months later, you know, we're looking at an organization that's hundreds. We, we had over 500 folks focused on marketing inside the company. And we built that team, that incredibly powerful dynamic team inside of 18 months. I've never seen anything grow that fast at that speed and velocity. And part of why we were able to do that is because marketing was such an incredible growth engine for Uber. Right, we were able to show that we were increasing demand generation by two and a half times year over year. And we were also doing it in a much more efficient way. We were saving almost 50% on what we had spent the year before. So this incredible kind of cocktail of opportunity and growth married with the rigor that you need to apply to ensure that you're not spending at a crazy pace. So that was so extraordinary to get to build that team and also introduce that company to the power of customer insights. While I was at Uber, so much of what we talked about was what does our customer want and need? And those were new conversations for a lot of people inside of the organization because historically, we didn't have those rich customer insights. But by the time I left, we were on just this epic high note of, of making sure that the customer was at the center of every single thing we did. And in my final months there, we actually had this extraordinary stat where our trust scores with drivers had improved by 12 percentage points inside three months because of the specific behaviors and actions that we had implemented to make sure that we were building out features and products that really resonated with drivers. What an experience there. And it's funny because I always joke, and it's actually not even really a joke. It's actually kind of true. I married my husband because of Uber. So. Oh. <laughs> I did. We've we never were... talked about that, Nadine. That's awesome. <laughs> I know. I well, you, even as you were talking about this, I was thinking about the you know when one of our first dates, and we were coming out of a concert, and there were thousands of people everywhere, and uh, 
impossible to get a, a, a taxi. And he just pulled out his app and a black car swung around. And I'd never even heard of Uber at that point in time. And I was like, wow, I'm so marrying you. Thank you, Uber. That is awesome. And, and by the way, what you just described happens thousands of times in Uber's history, right? This, this amazing point of connection that people have. And it's that push a button, get a ride, that magic moment that makes people feel like superheroes and then lets them find their soulmate. I love that. Those features at Uber revolutionized an entire industry, which is kind of what you're doing now with Hilton, right? Because you're using all the same philosophy around how do we make everything easier for the consumer? And I think you just launched Expect Better, Expect Hilton. Can you talk a little bit about that? So the thing that I want to acknowledge is before we launched Expect Better, Expect Hilton, there was a campaign out there called Stop Clicking Around, and it really was the first of its kind. It spoke directly to customers about the perks of being a member inside of our Hilton Honors program, which is this complimentary program. It genuinely broke ground for the hospitality industry that had never been broken before. People weren't quite sure how to talk about the portfolio and the benefits of the portfolio until that campaign came along. And when I joined, we knew that we wanted to be able to draft off of the momentum of that campaign, but really kick things up a notch. And in order to do that, we had to take a big step back. We wanted to make sure that we grounded ourselves in consumer insights. We wanted to make sure we were incredibly disciplined about who we needed to design our solutions for and our campaign for. And we wanted to make sure that we had these hero claims that really resonated. And so when we started digging into the customer insights, we really found two ahas. The first was there was a tremendous amount of customer confusion out there about where to go to find the best value and get the best perks. And then the other thing we saw, which surprised me, right? I'd been in financial services and I'd been in tech and I'd seen themes around distrust in those industries, but inside hospitality, I was shocked to sort of see that there was this erosion of trust that was happening. And the reality is that inside of our category, and there's not a ton of them, but there's enough of them, that there are some bad actors in our category that have been making claims that are untrue, and they have begun to really erode customer trust. And so obviously, when we were building out our campaign, we needed to make sure that we were super, super mindful of that dynamic. And then what we ended up doing was we wanted to see what claims we could make that would be persuasive and compelling to customers. We tested literally dozens of claims And the thing that was the most surprising to us was that many of the existing claims that we could have been making, right, existing products and features, they rose to the top. So they were the most compelling things to customers. They were the most persuasive, but people didn't know about them. And so that was when we kind of had this aha moment. When we we build out this campaign, we need to talk about the price match guarantee, something that we'd offered for years, but we just, we didn't talk about it. We didn't know that was important. It turns out it's incredibly important and it's now the hero of the campaign. The other thing we learned, people want to hear about the perks. They want to know that I can select my room. They want to know that there's free Wi-Fi. All of those things are free just for being a Hilton Honors member and that membership is completely complimentary. And then the other, again, big aha for folks was the breadth of our portfolio. I think there was some concern that if I go to sort of explore and dream about my trip, on a travel site like Hilton, they only have one hotel, right? Or maybe they have two. What folks didn't realize was that we actually have 15 amazing brands. They're all curated. They're all of high quality. And frankly, we have the premium position in every category in which we operate from mid-scale all the way up onto luxury. 
And that was new information that, again, built confidence and made people think, oh, wow, I really am looking at a breadth of properties here. You know, we took all that information in, incredibly, incredibly helpful and powerful. And then we began building the campaign. And we said, so what do we need the campaign to do? We knew that we needed to make sure that the campaign could stick the landing on those key messages. And number two, we wanted the campaign to work double duty by enhancing the image of the Hilton master brand overall. Like we had to get that tone right. We needed to break away from the sea of sameness that exists in our category where everybody shows beds and pools and pillows. And we didn't want to be like that. Ultimately, we endeavored to set the record straight in a fun and an accessible way. You know, so far, I think we've actually been very successful. We've only been in market for about six weeks, but the early results, you know, you sort of like you're biting your nails. You're like, is it going to work? <laughs> but we've seen that twice as many people in our target segment are talking about us in social, which again is staggering. It's only been six, seven weeks and then 22% improvement in consideration amongst millennials. All of that inside of two months. So we think we're on to something pretty cool here. You know, I saw you used Anna Kendrick. Good choice there. Why was it that consumers actually weren't hearing the messages the first time around? Were you able to break through the barrier by just using different tactics or how did you figure out how to, you know, get that message through? I think there's two things that that factored into some of those ahas. The, the first point is some of the things they didn't know about were tucked into policies and procedures that we had never put a spotlight on. And again, that's why the research was so illuminating. We wanted to make sure that we put these messages that were so exciting, that felt so fresh, that felt so new, and frankly, that felt like they were on the side of the customer. We wanted to make sure we put those out there and we shined a spotlight on it. The other thing, and I think this is kind of one of the cardinal sins of marketing, and we all fall into this trap, we get bored of the message way faster than the customer does. But the number <laughs> of times, and I've seen this literally at every company I've been at, um, and I'll take an example from you know, my prior life when I was at Capital One, that company is so good at product marketing. That company is so good at sticking the landing on the hero message. And for, you know, half a decade, they've been spending hundreds of millions of dollars each year talking about what's in your wallet. And as an example, one of their hero products is the Quicksilver card. And you talk about it's unlimited 1.5% cash back on every purchase. And literally, I still have family members that come to me and they're like, okay, by the way, did you see that Capital One has a card that offers 1.5% cash back? <laughs> I mean, but, but that's, I mean, it's such a lesson, right? They've been saying this for five years with an amazing spokesperson in an incredibly compelling way at heavy, heavy marketing weights. And still today, people are learning of it for the first time. I think as marketers, we have to remember that reach and frequency matters. That's a very good reminder for everyone. And I totally understand what you're saying. And I love this term that you keep using, which is great. Stick the landing. And you said you got a lot of great learning from when you were at Capital One and they do a great job of that. What does it mean to stick the landing? One of the things that, again, is very tempting for marketers is if you clutter your message, it becomes impossible for somebody to repeat the key message takeaway. What is the one thing when they watch this spot or they interact with this activation or they experience your integrated campaign, what is the one thing you want them to remember? And being incredibly disciplined, almost to an extent myopically focused on making sure that thing breaks through. You know, what we talk a lot about is if we are confusing people, if we're bombarding them with extra messages, if we have too many things at the market at the same time, you are actually making it harder for yourself to stick the landing on the most important thing 
for a customer to know. And so that's where we try to apply discipline and rigor and frankly, good old fashioned prioritization to make sure that the hero claim and the hero of the story really has an opportunity to shine and that there aren't things distracting from it. Really good advice. Thanks for sharing all that. I'm kind of stuck on this whole point that you made around Hilton inventing the brownie, the pina colada, (laughs) (laughs) and the martini. So is that really true? I mean, isn't it so fun? I got here and I had I had seen some of the first that Hilton brought to the world uh, when I was preparing for my interviews to come to Hilton and, and meet with all the senior team here. But again, as my my time and tenure at Hilton grow, I keep learning, you know, newer and more fun things. And so, yes, I learned of the brownie a few months ago. And I think there actually is a national pina colada day and we posted about it in social and again, the number of, of likes and interactions we get on fun little things like that, it's no joke. People want to hear, like, that's really cool how kind of relevant. And, and Hilton throughout history really has been a big part of popular culture. And so many important moments you know, really went down inside of a Hilton. And as I've traveled the world in this role, I've spoken to so many people that talk about Hilton really being a landmark for where travelers meet, or frankly, even where locals meet, that the Hilton was this aspirational place inside Istanbul or, no, it's all true. It's amazing, you know, because you were talking about pop culture and and we've talked about that a lot, actually, in the last few months with some of the guests I've had on the show, like uh, Fernando Machado from Burger King and Lee Applebaum from Patron. And in those cases, it's about just being part of the conversation when it's happening, but you're in so many different locations. Like you said, a hundred different countries and you have so many different brands and you have, how many employees does Hilton have? Almost 400,000 team members. How do you iterate and how do you, you localize and, or globalize? One of the things that I've seen global companies do and, and make mistakes around is let me build out a campaign built on insights in the U.S. that will resonate in the U.S. and then let me, quote, localize it, which sometimes means strict translation. Just put it into your language. That never works. And so one of the things that we are doing with, frankly, a ton of intensity and tenacity is we are making sure anytime we're running an integrated global campaign that the very first step is going out into the markets and gathering truly global insights, not just you know, English-speaking countries, but like truly going out there and doing the work so that it's designed correctly from the beginning. And then again, to the second part of your question, so much of it becomes about prioritization. How do we take the high-impact global campaigns that are based on universal insights and scale them and frankly, say no to the smaller things? One of the mantras we have inside my team is fewer, bigger, better. We want to do fewer things, but we want them to be bigger, more impactful, and better. And that actually is a guiding principle that works incredibly well when you're trying to scale inside of a global organization of 400,000 people. And speaking of those 400,000 people, I remember I interviewed uh, Geraldine Culpin when she was still at Hilton. And I think it was right after they'd launched the campaign that you mentioned earlier, which was Stop Clicking Around. But part of the story she was sharing is how excited the employees were when that campaign hit and how engaged they all were in learning the new technology and being part of the program. So what are you seeing now today? This is now a couple of years later. As a company, we have such a rally culture. We are so focused on people and individuals, but also that DNA that's very entrepreneurial, that's very pioneering, it comes out. And so when we have big launches, 
people get on board, even you know, with the most recent campaign, the number of people inside of our organizations that were tweeting and promoting and pushing and commenting were hitting record highs because people are so bought in and excited about not just the marketing, obviously, but the entire underpinning for what was required in order to bring that campaign to life. And the reality is you can't do a campaign like the one we've done if you don't have you know, an incredible amount of strong tech product and you don't have great alignment with the commercial team. Again, with this campaign, I think everybody felt like they were part of it. It wasn't just this thing that the marketing team did. Everyone was all in. I'm very, very excited to see and watch this campaign grow. I want to take a step back though. You have now hit on a couple of different places that you were at in Capital One and Uber and Hilton. Let's look at your career overall. I mean, did you ever think you would be the CMO of Hilton when you first set out? It's safe to say, no, not at all. And in fairness to me and in fairness to your question, I didn't even know a thing about marketing when I was graduating I studied computer science and economics, and I was looking at jobs in consulting and investment banking. And ultimately, I decided to go into tech consulting, where I spent literally two and a half years with my hands on a keyboard coding. I was in a completely different universe than where I am today. But ultimately, and it's so funny, I feel like marketing is home. I feel like it is the exact right career path for me. And if I really hold up the mirror and I really reflect, So much of it is almost, again, in my DNA. So for my parents, my dad's a mathematician, my mother was a nurse, my aunt was an artist. And so you've got this incredible influence of art and science and empathy growing up. And I think that's why when I began to understand what marketing is and what it could be, and and frankly, just what a whole-brained discipline it is, it has just always felt like a natural fit for me ever since. I absolutely love that you just put those three words together, art and science, which we always, we've heard a lot describing the modern marketer, but empathy. That to me is so critical and a topic that I just couldn't talk enough about, but tell me a little bit about your leadership style. Yeah, it's so funny. When I think about leadership and where I've been throughout my career, my values as a leader have been with me for more than a decade. And the things I always tell people when I meet with them for the first time or whether we've been together for years, the three things that have always guided me are integrity, impact, and innovation. My personal motto is that the view is better from the high road, right? Always, always, always making sure you assume positive intent, always making sure that you operate with integrity, always making sure that you would be completely fine if the thing you did showed up on the headlines of the New York Times. And then when I talk about impact, right, I just have this incredible passion for things that deliver high leverage to the company. I crave results, not activities. I'm not somebody who likes checklists and to-dos. I want to make sure the thing that we are galvanizing hundreds, thousands of people around is actually going to drive a tremendous impact to the customer experience and and to the company's bottom line. And then finally, innovation. And this is something I demand of myself. And this is something that we, that we set the expectation for on the team but we must adapt and challenge the status quo. We also need to make sure that when we fail, we fail fast and we learn from our mistakes and use them as as growth opportunities, right? This can be a springboard to a whole new set of insights and learnings, but that only happens when you really lean into your failure and try to extract all of the learnings that you possibly can. 
And then the final thing that is just worth saying, particularly as I'm talking to you, who is such an innovator in this space, Nadine, inside this industry, we have seen more change and more innovation in the past decade than the previous two centuries combined, right? Marketing is moving at a pace faster than it's ever moved before. And we've got to keep up, right? We've got to keep up with the speeding train. I always say to people, if you're standing still for a year, you're going to be seven years behind. So <laughs> we've got to keep up. I think that's really infiltrated my leadership style, sort of that, that just hunger for innovation and challenging the status quo. It's so funny, you know, when I'm recording podcasts, more often than not, somebody says something and I go, wow, that's going to be the title for your podcast. And I even said it out loud a couple of times because I'm like, just okay, hands down, that's what it is. You've now said like eight things and they're all conflicting on what's going to be the title for your podcast. I'm <laughs> <laughs> like writing these things down. I mean, they're, you're so quotable because it's so crystal clear how you think. And I love that. I agree with you. You know, the keeping up with the pace of change is definitely a, a challenge for everyone. How do you help your team keep up with that change? Because they too are needing to grow and get the right training or get the right encouragement. And I love how you said, learn from your mistakes. Absolutely. But is there something that you're doing to help them really position them for success? So at the risk of, of sounding like I'm bragging, I really am just so incredibly, incredibly proud of the team that we have here. So many of them have been with Hilton for years and so many of them are actually coming in new with fresh eyes. But, but the one thing that I always tell them is I want to hear them. I want to listen to them. They have great ideas. I need to make sure that I keep my ear to the ground and that I can harvest all of those ideas. I'm constantly listening. I also try to be very transparent and frequent in my communications with them around critical business context and my vision. And then one of the things, again, when you think about the pace of change that I did with the team is we actually co-created our vision statement for the team and the operating norms that we were going to make sure we deployed inside marketing at Hilton. And when we talked about our vision, we knew we needed to be customer champions. And being a customer champion means you are powered by insights, right? You are data aware and you are insights driven. We needed to make sure that we were delivering maximum business impact. By the way, that requires that you're keeping up with the pace of innovation and change. We wanted to make sure that we were delivering truly enduring business value, that we weren't just focused on the sugar high of performance marketing, but that we were injecting protein into the system so that the brands were very healthy and vibrant. And then when we started talking about the norms, there was so much that we put into our norms around making sure that, again, we were on the cutting edge. And so one of our norms is that we reach for the stars, that we, are, that we passionately pursue big, bold bets, and that we force ourselves to, to really be innovative and we challenge ourselves. Every time we're putting something in market, we should be thinking champion challenger, champion challenger. How can I actually beat the thing I did last month? We've got a norm around better together, and that's making sure that our strategists work arm in arm with the centers of excellence inside of marketing, but also with all the incredible resources across the company. We have one around courageous leadership. And I would say, again, if you want to be innovative, if you want to be a leader, if you want to be on the cutting edge, you have to be courageous. You've got to be willing to embrace risks. And again, stick up for the things that really matter to the customers and the brands. And then finally, inside our organization, we talk about the head and the heart. When it comes to the head, you've got to know the business cold. You need to make sure you understand where the leverage is. You need to keep abreast of all the evolving marketing tools. We need to make sure that we're measuring our impact rigorously. And we also have to make sure that we're harvesting business insights from the data. On the heart side of things, again, that's where that customer intuition, the instincts, the insights, all of that gets honed. 
And then hopefully it comes beautifully packaged in world-class storytelling. And all of those things are part of being an innovator. And the thing we talk about on our team, and I challenge the team all the time, I say market like the leader of tomorrow. If you want to market like the leader of today, congratulations. We are an iconic brand. We've been around almost 100 years. We have had tremendous success as an organization, but people follow the leaders of tomorrow. We want to be the leaders of tomorrow. And again, I think we have that perfect little alchemy with our vision and norms. Love it. So many good things in here, but we are going to be running out of time soon. So I want to ask a couple more questions about you specifically. You know, what motivates you or who has shaped your thinking along the way that has gotten to you, gotten you into the, the space and the role that you're in? I feel so incredibly fortunate to be where I am. And, and when I reflect on my career, there are, there are so many people, literally seas of people that have been instrumental in helping to guide and shape where my career is today. First and foremost, obviously, the amazing leaders and mentors that brought me up and believed in me and gave me opportunities to shine and frankly, stretch me way outside my comfort zone, they have been instrumental. Secondly, nothing is possible if you don't have incredibly talented and dedicated team members that are locking arms with you and sort of marching toward a really inspirational but daunting goal. And time and time again, I have been surrounded by people who just make working a joy, right? And they they make marketing fun. And then the third group, right, it's really learning to embrace the partners that you have across the organization, right, the cross-functional partners, because working effectively across the company and developing shared agendas, it really is the holy grail to success. You know, having a mind meld with people about marketing, about your campaigns, about the direction of the company who, who actually aren't even inside marketing, that's when you know you're hitting that epic moment in success, right? When they are sort of advocating for marketing, when they are advocating for investment, when they feel like like they are every bit a part of this campaign, even though they don't, quote, sit in marketing. I mean, that is, again, I think the perfect recipe for success. Um, So I look back on a career and it's filled with, you know, dozens and hundreds of people that have all been so crucial in shaping where I am today. So thank you for sharing that. And I'm really appreciative that you you mentioned how important it was for you to have mentors, an army of them, if you will, because I so agree with that and encourage people all the time to not just wait for anything formal, just reach out or anybody you admire and just take them for lunch or coffee and, and everybody loves to help other people grow. So thanks for sharing how much that helped you. Unfortunately, we're out of time and I would love to keep going, but I have one more question and then I may have to come back and do a round two with you one day because there's just so much more for us to cover. <laughs> I know we could talk for hours. (laughs) We could, we could, but this is it. This is the last and final question. If you could be doing anything in the world and money and talent were no object, and it's not what you're doing right now, uh, what would that be? Okay. Well, I do have to say I'm, I'm currently in my dream job, but if I, (laughs) if I was forced to pick another job, so I sort of toggle between a few different things. So I'm going to give you a combined answer. I will say college professor, but I have a side hustle as a college professor. And my side hustle is that I'm some combination of interior designer and photographer. (laughs) Wow. So the professor and a side hustle. Well, this has been so great having you on the show. Thank you so much for taking time to do this with me. Thank you. This has been an absolute blast. And I look forward to our 
to our next one. Me too. I'm going to make sure to have lots of blank sheets of paper around so I can take all these notes. So this is great. Thank you. Have a good one. Thanks. You too. Bye, Nadine. Thanks. Bye-bye. Hey there, podcast fam. Are you ready to break free from the social media rut? Hold on to your hatch because we've got just a thing for you. Meet Viral Growth, your one-stop shop for leveling up your online presence. Whether you're a personal brand or a company, they've got the tools and know-how to take you to the next level. With Viral Growth, forget about those endless hours of video editing. They handle everything from brainstorming to polishing your content so you can just focus on being awesome. And guess what? We're hooking you up with a sweet deal. Use code ADWEEK for 10% off when you sign up. Ready to take your social media game to the next level? Head on over to viralgrowth.io and let's turn those digital dreams into a reality. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. If you have a lot of mailing to do, Stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. Use the Stamps.com mobile app to mail everything you need to keep your business running with up to 89% off USPS and UPS. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Use code PROGRAM for a special offer. That's Stamps.com, code PROGRAM.